Welcome back to the program, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 uh, The text line 0457-736-736. Now, I've been away for a little while uh, doing other things, but our man Trent Thomas has been away a little bit as well. He's got himself – look, he's managing director and publisher now at Media Week, so uh, very busy, and we work around Trent's schedule. I'm happy to say that he is on the line today. G'day, Trent. Hey, Jimmy, thank you for working around my schedule. <laughs> I'm a big wigger now, but I always have the time for the little fellas, <laughs> as long as it's on my schedule. Yeah, but hey, mate, Coach K and I are very appreciative of it. Don't don't you worry <laughs> about that. Uh, hey, I want to get stuck into this straight away. Let's go to Channel 7's interest now, as per the Media Week uh, daily newsletter in Southern Cross, Australia, most notably Triple M. Um, what does that mean? Given ARN about four weeks ago said, "Hey, we want to buy the whole lot." What's this is a um, a state of flux the the radio market <laughs> around the country. So bear, bear with me quickly. I'm going to rush through the biggest top line. So a couple of weeks ago, a capital investment firm Anchorage wanted to buy SCA, and to fund SCA, they're going to sell. Triple M and the podcast platform listener to ARN. ARN would have been able to get around the ACCC rules because they weren't acquiring SCA, they were just buying an asset off of the company that was buying SCA. And on top of that, there was rumours they would then sell a Brisbane Adelaide licence to Nova so they could launch Smooth FM in those markets. So essentially they wanted to split SCA up into parts give some to Nova, give some to ARN and keep the hit network, which is like the Day FM, and build a smaller radio company around that that was owned by the Capital Investment Fund, Anchorage, which there's been rumours all year that ARN was going to get acquired by Seven. So the questions of this was, well, is this them increasing their assets to make a bigger sale or uh-huh. is this them deciding to do it on their own? It seems to be the second one, more likely, because Seven come in and bought a 15% stake now, which has completely kind of changed the shape of um, completely changed the shape of all of this. They bought a 15% stake in ARN, and so now they, well, in the end, it seems like they've joined the party on the ARN side. Yeah, wow. Okay. Which will then create this large sports portfolio, obviously, between Triple M and ARN if they were able to get the um, to get the Triple M network moved across to ARN. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, and so anticipated outcome, we know Channel 9 have radio assets, most notably... 2GB uh, around the country as well. Do you anticipate Channel 7 getting involved in radio assets? I think so. Like, it makes sense. Like When you look at the way that Channel 9 is built, um, it, it would make a lot of sense for them to go into like in competition with 9 and being able to offer a larger, broader um, package to have advertisers. Well, they've got a paper and and have a pretty sevennews.com.au is got a lot of monthly users. So we're not the same as having the Sydney Morning Herald or the Age. Yeah. They can start to put together a digital publishing proposition with a radio proposition with a um 
obviously national TV since they bought Prime. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, you can uh, – a lot of touch points there with, with – listeners, uh, customers, whichever way you want to describe them. All right, that, well, that'll be a watch this space situation there on that one, Trent. Talking about watching, who's been watching what? How many people watch the Melbourne Cup or the Oaks or Champion Stakes Day? Channel 10's last year of their broadcast deal. Yeah, so they had about roughly a million um, monthly, um, they had about a million Metro viewers tune in, which is down. It's been Ever since um, Channel 10 has gotten the right, that's why we kind of seen a trickle down. Yep. I'm um, looking now, see, in 2020, you had 1.4 million. 2021, 1.2 million. 2022, you had 1 million. And they, I believe that's, you know, at least partially due to the fact that horse racing as a spectacle this size is in decline due to um, the, you know, the ethics around it all. Yes. But at the same time, I was walking to the office and every single bar in King Street Wharf was overflowing yeah. with Melbourne Cup celebrations. So hard to exactly put your finger on it. But yeah, ever since the move from 7 across to Paramount or Channel 10, you've seen a steady decline in the ratings. But at the same time, a million in 2023 at 3 p.m. is yeah. a pretty great result. And so obviously, it's move, it's leaving Channel 10. This was its last year as well. So you could have to argue they might not have promoted it as heavily as they had previously because they didn't want to put brand equity into a product that's going to another broadcaster. Yeah. And then you look at the results of like the Oats, and they did um, 75,000 on Channel 10 and 27,000 tuning in on Sky Racing on Thursday, so hard to, you know, exactly put your finger on the results of horse racing in Australia. Everest had some pretty solid results. Yeah. But um, with Melbourne Cup, I think is the most at risk is it relies on the casual viewer. I think the casual viewer is where is that leaving horse racing more and more. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And yet that. The number of people watching is probably not the measurement they go to, right? It's probably turnover um, that they look at, which is which is another part of um, how you measure interest mm. in a race. So uh, it's an interesting um, uh, topic around who's watching what and why they're watching. Uh, remember, put on for betting purposes. The ICC Cricket World Cup is in full swing. We've got the semifinals coming up this week. Uh, just looking at the numbers for Saturday night, 418,000 on free-to-air and then... I think very solid uh, Fox Cricket, 155,000 for that too. So um, the time zone's pretty good and everyone's getting behind this Australian side, Trent. Yeah, well, Australia's winning and I guess, you know, off the back of the disappointing Rugby Union World Cup, I think there's positive results. I think, you know, like that might have been worried some of the emotional equity would have gone with the Wallabies. Yep. With this World Cup so close together. There might have been a hangover. Wallabies getting knocked out early. Um, and just set it up beautifully for the cricket and the Australians to kind of just race away with it. And they're getting really solid results. And it's not just, you know, the Australian games. The India games are getting good results as well. Yeah. And I think this has been like a very nice, quiet winner for Nine and Fox Sports. Bubbling around in the background is getting really strong, solid results. 
I'm yeah. sure, as you know, in the International World Cup, as long as it has decent time zones, can be a real winner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what's interesting. We have the NRLW season that runs concurrently with the NRL season. The AFLW season does not. It's into its semifinals now. The WBBL does not run in conjunction with the BBL. How are those numbers been for those women's sports that are outside male, uh, the same sport, uh, screening times? That's been interesting. So you've got AFLW, for example, the quarterfinal with Adelaide and Brisbane, there's a total of 89,000, 21,000 on Fox Footy, 68,000 on Seven. So that's really, really solid numbers, especially from the free-to-air point of view. And to your point, it probably helps that it's the only show in town. But the NRLW did do strong numbers, so I don't want to discount that. Yep. WBBL, um, um, so on Friday night, both games were on Fox. One was on Fox Sports, one was on Fox Cricket. Either 30,000 and 19,000. So even behind a paywall, they're getting uh, good viewership. It's a smart as well. This is, as you would know, the, the thinnest period of time of the year for sport in Australia. Yep. So to fill the calendar with high-quality product, especially a product you're trying to grow, um, makes sense to have it on air now yeah. because there's much less competition in the market. And even know it comes with women's sport, most of the battle is just getting people to give it a chance. Yes. The product sells itself from there. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with you on that. WBBL is a good watch. NRLW is a, is a very good watch as well. Trent, as we say, uh, thank you for giving the little people that you know in your life a, a little <laughs> bit of time on a Monday. We certainly appreciate it. I know the listeners do as well. Uh, go well, mate, and we will speak next week. Thank you, Jimmy. Talk to you next week.